Hello, and welcome to the Star Wars Universe podcast. Uh, I'm Matthew, your host, and today I'm joined by Paul Hoppy because we're doing our watch of the last season of The Clone Wars, and today we're up to episode three. Uh, for those of you who have been following along with our normal Clone Wars uh, episodes, those are going to continue every Tuesday. But this is a special thing we're doing of uh, watching this newest season that came out, doing an episode every day. Um, if you've seen it, if you're interested in this new series, please do listen. But if you're trying to watch your way through The Clone Wars and you haven't yet gotten to this new season, hit pause. These episodes will be waiting for you when you're finished. Um, and we're going to talk about all that in Episode 3 after this commercial break. We have no control over back. So um, I'm excited to bring you guys back into this episode. This is, I'm going to say, take two. Uh, when Paul yeah. and I recorded this morning, we had some technical difficulties. So I'm, I'm hoping, though, we can still be um, fresh and chipper with our takes on this episode. Um, Paul, what was, your, what, what was your feeling about this episode? Uh, well, today I learned that the clones <laughs> all have New Zealand accents. And yes. It's nice that we get to do a second take so I don't say they have British accents because that was <laughs> embarrassing. And I wouldn't want anybody to think that I confused, you know, a Sean Bean with a Carl Urban, say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a mistake that I made. Um, Paul is rather a polyglot and has been watching these shows in a number of different, ep- in a number of different languages. It's fun. Uh, and, and this is the first one where he actually watched it in English. Uh, and so hence his comment about the accents. But I, I think it definitely confirms. Well, here's what I will say, actually. Um, most definitely the actor who plays all of the clone voices in English is clearly a phenomenal voice actor. Yes. Um, from what you can tell, and I'm wondering actually if you looked it up in like, is there one Spanish person who does all the Spanish clone voices and one German person is all the German clone voices? Or is it like there, do they start to get people who sound similar, but, but are different to voice them? That's a good question. I wish I'd looked that up for this, uh, this episode. <laughs> I will uh, look that up and report back next episode. Um, okay. what I will say is they sound similar, but different, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'll just reiterate what I said on the first take, which was that, uh, I just think, uh, D Bradley Baker does a fantastic job basically talking to himself throughout the episode. Although there's less of that this episode than the, the previous mm-hmm. episodes. Um, and right. I, Cause this time Anakin goes along with, well, Anakin was along last time, but yeah, right. this is... but yeah, here there's a little less, uh, dialogue, right. Cause of all the action. Right. There's more fight scenes. There's more talk with outsiders and stuff like that. Um, let's dive right into it because I'll say this was the first episode where um, – the not that it bothered me. I thought it was good storytelling and I understood where they came from. But I, I wish they'd taken – had the characters take a different approach, which is one of the things that happens in this episode is that our heroes – like they, they're on the planet. They're trying to rescue Echo and eventually take Echo, Echo back home. Uh, that's pretty much most of the story. Um, and on the planet where this secret base is that Echo was, there's also a group of people who are introduced to us as fairly primitive. Um, and they are not part of the war and they very clearly don't want to be part of the war. And they say to uh, our heroes, the the Jedi and the, and the clones, that we don't want to be in your war. And, and they say, like, you know, we'll only help you if you promise not to bring us into the war. Uh, Anakin makes that promise. But then later in the episode, when they're running away and Echo's hurt and they need rest, they go to the village of these um, of these people, knowing and and it does bring on a separatist attack. And in the episode, what happens is the those people are clearly very upset by this, and they say, "Look, you you broke your promise." Um, but 
Anakin and then especially Rex basically say, no, 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 you you have to fight this fight with us. Look at what they did to Echo. Look how terrible these people are. You have to fight. And they wind up fighting. Um, and I this was an issue that came up in an early episode of um, the, the TV show Clone Wars in season one. We talked about it a little bit on, the, on those episodes of the podcast. And here, once again, I'm I feel myself somewhat bothered by this. I feel like I am. I get that in warfare, it's hard to see someone be neutral, but I, I, I feel like Anakin and the clones are really kind of cavalier about the fact that these folks really don't want to be part of the war. And when they insist, like, no, you've got to be part of the war. Look at what they did to Echo. For me, at least, it, it feels it, it, it falls kind of flat. Yeah, I, I agree. I felt the same, um, especially. So, so one thing I'd say about the storytelling that. Um, they, you know, they're like, oh, we don't want to be involved. And then you brought this to us. And then, then Rex is like, but look what they did to our friend. And then they're like, oh, that's a good point. Okay, we'll fight with you. And then after the fight, they're like, you know, you're always, uh, you know, welcome here. You're, we're a friend of the Jedi, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Which I feel like it would have been, I, I feel like it, it would have resonated a little bit more if at the end they were like still mad, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, cause a bunch of them got killed. In the back, yeah. right? It's not like it went well. It's like, yeah, they defeated the droids who were coming to try and capture the people who had brought the war to them. Um, and, you know, the entire responsibility for that doesn't reside with, you know, the clone troopers and, and Anakin and, you know, the Republic. I mean, the um, what the Techno Union did actually, you know, bring basically a prisoner of war there and were conducting operations out of their planet. So... You know, they obviously also bear responsibility, right? But um, but for the end to be sort of this so kind of like warm, fuzzy, like, oh, okay, everything's fine now, even though like a dozen of them just got killed because, you know, this war came to them. That's yeah. literally not their battle. Um, it, it, I, I wasn't crazy about that part um, from a storytelling standpoint. And then also the fact that like, this is always what happens, right? Yeah. It's like they show up somewhere and then, yeah, the war's there. And, you know, they promise that they're not going to bring them into it. But it's like, I don't feel like they were saying that in bad faith within the context of the show. But, like, they should know better, you know? Yeah. Go Sorry, finish your thought. Well, just in, like, I feel like those characters especially should know better with, like, all that they've seen. Like, they should just know, like, yeah, this is going to be the outcome. Right. And, it, I mean... It's a hard thing to do to figure out how, you know, how much do you follow kind of rules of war when you know your opponent won't, right. you know, and like, like what the separatists are doing, uh, the separatists have absolutely no respect for neutrality and they have no respect for, you know, innocent bystanders. Yeah. Um, and so you sort of act like, should the Republic uh, like try to ignore that and act as though the separatists will do that and like act surprised every time the separatists attack people just because the Jedi are hanging out with them or, or by now should the clones, but certainly Jedi have figured out like no matter how much we try to say we're being neutral, if we go hang out with neutral people, the separatists are going to attack them. And so we just have to kind of recognize we're kind of radioactive and have to be more careful about that. Yeah. And I I think at the the very least, like when we're bringing the war somewhere, just have to accept responsibility for that at a bare minimum. Yeah. You know, have that be a conscious decision. Like, yes, this is a bad thing. This isn't what we want to do, but we see it as the, 
sort of the least worst option, essentially, as opposed to being like, oh yeah, this could, this is gonna go great. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry, guys. It's gonna be. Oh, sorry, sorry, our yeah. bad. You know, your your guys are getting shot. I mean, it's definitely a recurring theme for Anakin is that he, you know, he has this incredible attachment to the people he cares about, and if he makes a choice that means like his men get killed, like he feels it seriously. Yeah. But if he takes a crazy risk and other people die, it doesn't bother him very much, which. I mean, it feels right for the Anakin character, but mm-hmm. it's certainly worth critiquing. Um, I, I think that especially the person who I'm most bothered by here is Rex because, yeah. as I said, Rex's approach is like, look at what they did to Echo. Of course you have to fight. And to me, that that that, that feels colonialist. Like it, there's nothing that makes sense about that sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, if he had said like, you know, listen – I understand why you want to be neutral. I know this isn't your fight. And it, and if you want us to walk away, we'll walk away. But look what they did to my friend. Right. These people are terrible. They're going to be terrible to you one day. This is a just fight. I really hope you join us. Like, to me, that yeah. would have that would have felt much more right. And then I can understand if the people were like, yeah, you're right. These separatists are dicks. Are dicks. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's right, come right, to right. fight with you. Yeah, it would be a very different way of framing it that I think would both be more honest and... And, you know, it's it's just more, like, upright, basically. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, So, the other big thing that I had in this episode is Echo's storyline. Because mm-hmm. you and I have been talking since episode one that we're kind of hoping that Echo is, like, not just an easy rescue. And that, to some extent, either because of, um, you know brainwashing or or electronic machinations or even better because echo is kind of undecided himself that he proves to not be 100% like rah, rah clones, but he's still kind of on the separate side or some way like a double agent or something like that. And we were talking about maybe that's going to happen. Maybe we're not. We were hoping it was after last episode, we were thinking maybe it won't. And for 90% of this episode, I was really kind of disappointed because it certainly seemed like, he wasn't. It seemed like, you know, they were going to rescue him. They were going to take yeah. him home. Everything was going to be fine. And then, in like, what is it, the last 10 seconds of the episode? Basically, um, yeah. yeah. All you get is, like, this very um, sort of, you know, uh, creepy-sounding music. Yeah, it's and the then, music. It's, like, totally the music. And, and Echo, like, making a face, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, he is a double agent. <laughs> or at least, like, maybe he is. Like, I mean, there's there's two possibilities, right? It's, like, either he's a double agent or, like, has something, you know, some programming or something going on. Or, like, he's just, he's still unhappy, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's been through some shit, right? And, like, it's not like, oh, you rescued me, cool, back to the front, you know? Like, everything's just, just you know, back to battle, back to everything being normal. I mean, and that's sort of what Rex is saying. Like, hey, it's going to be just like old times. And it's like, you know, this dude, I mean, I'm not sure how long, how much time elapsed between him being captured and um, being rescued. But, like, it feels like some time and some stuff happened and... You know, he's physically, he's very different, right? And right. emotionally, you'd have to be different too, having been through all of that. So that's sort of the other possibility that it was less trying to, you know, maybe try to instill the idea in, in our minds, like maybe there's something shifty going on there. You know, the same way in the first episode when Anakin's talking to Rex, Anakin kind of, he's like, there's something up there. Um, but they could be kind of just trying to give us that idea. Um while the actual like what was happening in that scene is is less about there being some nefa- something nefarious going on and more just like 
actual fallout from, you know, being a prisoner of war. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. But I think it'll be the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's just, for it's sure. just like more of a story there for that. Sort of the, the kind of story I think they want to tell. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And it's, you know, I continue to be very impressed because I, I, I like, um, I think this is probably my least favorite of the three episodes we've seen so far. There's a lot of battle. There wasn't really much happening, but it's still, I mean, I'm still very drawn in. Um, Mm -hmm. Frankly, I am, this is the second time now where I've done a, um, a podcast where I every day watch an episode and then record about it. Yeah. And it is, I think one of the greatest tests of self-control that I've been under in a long time. (laughs) Cause I'm so tempted to just binge watch this whole series. Cause I'm really drawn into it. Um, but it is fun getting to kind of step back and, um, I'm sure there are many people that are going like, wait, you're watching an episode every single day and that's holding back for you? <laughs> right, right. And then other people are like, what? It's like four hours. That's like one sitting. Yeah, exactly. Um, for an episode that I they hope is going to go live very soon uh, on my other podcast, Superhero Ethics, um, we were recording about Shira, which is another fantastic show. Um, very different in tone, obviously, but um, like this show and like some other of my favorites, like Batman the Animated Series, a... Um, ostensibly a kid's show that's also just has very adult themes in some very good ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for that one, I, I wanted to watch the entire last season and I, so I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll watch like the season right before it and then watch that one. Um, and I somehow thought there were four seasons when actually there were five. So uh-huh. I had to binge watch three se- three seasons of television in 36 hours. Um, that was a little intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice when they're 20 to 30 minute episodes instead of an hour. Cause, yeah, exactly, and yeah, Shira just, is for sure. Time. But yeah, these these are these are pretty bite sized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I didn't really have that much on this episode to talk about. Um, I mean, there's other things like um, you know, the techno union. Like, oh yeah, you know, they're they're kind of like like a Halliburton, right? Like, I yeah. mean, they're they definitely have this sort of evil capitalist vibe like war profiteers at first i was thinking it was more kind of like big tech but um i think you kind of uh yeah i think this show started in 2008 and so you know not this season but like when the they really started getting into the evil of the techno union that was maybe like 2010 2011 we weren't really talking about like the evils of big tech at that point at least some some people were but but i think it was much more war profiteering um Mm -hmm. especially because the Techno Union, I think we it gets revealed, actually sells weapons to both sides in the conflict. Right. Um, and you made a joke about Halliburton. I think that was um, – and I remember uh, writers of the Clone Wars talking about how they wanted to be commenting on kind of you know sort of current events. Um, right. And granted, at the time, it was kind of a couple years later. But shortly at the time they were making the show, we had just come out of like the worst parts of the Iraq War and a lot of time talking about – companies that seem to be making a profit off of the war so yeah i think i think the trade union was very much supposed the trade federation and the the techno union were very much supposed to be uh references to that right and the military industrial complex in general right in general yeah definitely definitely um Uh, go ahead i was gonna say yeah um at, at least though um to me all of that is better than the um incredibly heavy handed no subtlety at all showing us in the second prequel movie that the techno union are the people who come up with the design for the death star. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. Like (laughs) this feels like a much more subtle, like, yep, they're involved. And like, you can kind of draw the conclusion. Maybe one day they're going to design the death star. Right. Um, Instead of being like, yep, look, there's the plans. Um, Yeah. 
not quite as much subtlety in the movies as in the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, I thought we're getting more... Um, the droids are still making pratfalls and stuff like that, but they are yeah. a little bit more sinister and a little bit more competent, which I appreciate. Yeah, a little um, bit more murder bot and a little bit less, like, comic relief. Yeah, exactly. Um, we do have um, heroes riding uh, animals, uh, strange space animals that are not Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> one of my co-hosts on the other, uh, the one we were talking about every episode of The Clone Wars in the beginning, yeah. on the um, other Clone Wars uh, set of episodes, one of my, uh, Riki, the, uh, one of my co-hosts, he started referring to, um, he has started referring to uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi as, as basically like the space Steve Irwin. Like he basically just wants to be a Jedi zookeeper because every planet they go to, he winds up befriending and then riding some crazy animal. Right. Um, so it's weird to see someone else doing that here. But um, actually made me think, have we seen Obi-Wan at all this season? Yeah. Uh, he, he showed up. In uh, episode two, when Anakin was talking oh. to Padme, and he's like, "So um, the, the sock on the door moment, doing right there." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, fixing his helmet, huh? Sure. That's... Yeah, I I do hope we see more of him. Him, um, it it feels almost blasphemous to say this because Alec Guinness is so good. Yeah, but I think by the end of the Clone War series. That this version might be my favorite Obi Wan. Like, interesting. Yeah, I, I thought Ewan McGregor it's was the most developed. Ewan McGregor, I thought, was the best part of the prequels, which was not a high bar. But I thought he was pretty good, darn good. And Alec Guinness, obviously, is amazing, although only he's yeah. in basically one and a half movies or right. kind of two movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just love this portrayal, and so I certainly hope we get to see more of him. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I, I think, um, I mean, pretty much all of the characters are more interesting in the series than they are in the prequels. Um, right. but I'd, I'd say Obi-Wan definitely actually, he gets like an arc, whereas yeah. I feel like in the movies there's like an implied arc, but we don't really, I don't know. I feel like we don't really get that much. Yeah. He, in the movies, he feels much more like in the prequels, at least he feels more like an NPC, you know? Right. Yeah. He is there to be a plot point for, um, Padme and Anakin and to bring a lot of humor and perspective and sometimes be an exposition machine. Yeah, um, and and the and Ian McGregor is very good at doing that. He's very better. funny and enjoyable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's like it's well delivered, but it's just it, there's not a lot of depth there. Where, but you know that's fine because I feel like the characters that they were trying to have more depth on actually really didn't work out so well. So maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe that just true. should have been the whole the whole thing. But yeah. except that's just not the story. The story is actually supposed to be some really intense character stuff, which I think you know the Clone Wars series does such a good job of. Um, at points, at least, you know. Um, and here, I mean, you know, you have Anakin. Like, I also all the things we were complaining about for, like, the, the Republic in terms of how they're dealing with, uh, basically, neutral parties. Mm -hmm. um, I feel actually sort of informs Anakin's character. Like, it makes sense. He, If you look at his whole arc from the beginning of the series to now... Um, he's, he's still very loyal to the people and very protective of the people that he's protective of. Right. But I think he's also becoming more and more, um, uh, dis, um, dissatisfied with the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and like disillusioned actually is, is kind of the word I was looking for, but yeah. Um, 
you know, where he, he just feels like they're, I think, like, the, the Jedi ideals and the war are basically incongruous. Right. And I think he sort of feels that tension, not so much in, like, an overt way, but just he's always, he's often doing things that aren't, like, what the Jedi say you're supposed to be doing, but are, like, more what you're supposed to be doing if you're fighting a war and trying to win it. Yeah. And and so that it sort of makes sense that he ends up not being a Jedi at the end, you know? Well, um, and I think this is a part of why I feel like the Clone Wars do such a better job because, you know, I, I have often talked on any podcast I've ever been on about how my favorite villains are the ones who you kind of sympathize for. You know, the ones where you're like, mm-hmm. these people are mad about something that is worth getting mad about and they're they're breaking away from an institution that is pretty screwed up we just maybe don't agree with kind of what they do next, you know? And like, um, you know, and and the best villains are the ones who do that. And so for me, for Anakin to have very legitimate concerns about the Jedi makes him such a more interesting character. And in this, he does. He's like, the Jedi are not fighting a war in a way that makes any sense. And their, their ideals don't make any sense. And their ideas of, um, um, no attachment don't make any sense. Yeah. And, and the, they're and not that, following that, their ideals either. Yeah, they, they're not following them at all. Whereas in the movies, Anakin is pissy because, like, they won't give him the nice promotion that he doesn't really deserve yet. Like, Yeah, he basically feels like a whiny brat in the movies, whereas he feels like a complex human in the the series. Right. To me. And it, and it to me, it also... Um, I remember when the first... When, when actually The Phantom Menace came out, um, there was a lot of things I was upset about. Um <laughs> But one of them was it felt like it, it, it made one of the biggest flaws of any prequel where it didn't pay off something that was set up in the original movie. Because right. in the original movie, in uh, New Hope, one of the things that Obi-Wan says is that, you know, he made this decision to train Anakin because he thought that he could do it even though Yoda thought he couldn't. He had hubris and he failed and it was his fault. Yeah. And... In the Phantom Menace, it's Qui-Gon who makes that decision. Obi-Wan argues against it. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan only does it like to fulfill a promise to Qui-Gon and right. with the Council's blessing. And Yeah, and that just really lets him off the hook for the whole thing that his character was supposed to be carrying guilt for in the original trilogy. Right. Yeah. And and so I like here, I mean, yeah, maybe part of it is supposed to be like, dude, you knew Anakin was like falling in love with and then marrying and then impregnating this person right. all in blatant violation of the Jedi stuff. Why didn't you say something? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and it, um, again, I, I'm assuming everyone here has watched all the shows um, of the Clone Wars. In Obi-Wan's case, it kind of makes sense because he came very close. I mean, he definitely had strong yeah. feelings for yeah. Sabine, um, right. you know, and, and decided not to act. Or, or Didn't he, did he decide not to act on them or was he not able to because of like, what happened? I I feel like it might have been circumstance, at least as much as um, like agency. Right. Um, I don't recall a hundred percent, but I feel like he was kind of heading in that direction, and then things happened. Yeah. And it and it to me is it's it's just one more of those moments where I wished that the the like that they got to actually tell the story in the Clone Wars instead of the prequels because yes. I feel like you could have such a good moment towards like when Anakin's almost on the edge 
and Obi-Wan's trying to talk him down and he's saying like, look, I know how you feel about Padme. Let me tell you about how close I came to the same, you know, temptation. Like, right. that would have been such a great way of carrying, tying these arcs together. But yeah. Of course, we don't get that. All right. We're now also uh, way off the, the topic of this particular episode. <laughs> um, I mean, I, th- sort of the, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up was, is like really a tiny point, but just the, you know, um, Echo basically ending up with a bunch of cybernetics and kind of being, you know, very, sort of to me like um, a foreshadowing of vader in some ways even like his his skin tone kind of being kind of like grayish um the way like when you see vader take off the mask um i i feel like that is a deliberate um sort of parallel i i think it definitely is i think there's been a couple of other things in the clone war tv show where they were kind of implying like the beginning of the development of the technology that leads to Darth Vader. Um, certainly I feel like, um, and I, I hadn't realized this until the second time I went back and watched the Clone Wars TV show again. Um, but that General Grievous did not actually start, he's not a droid that was built right. to be a general. No. He's a real person who basically had like the Darth Vader experience. Um, right. Yeah. You know, where most of his body or in his case, almost I mean, entirely he's his body. Human, was, right. He's some, he's some other species. And... Yeah. He's some other species that had four arms and that's why yeah. he, he has forearms at the robot. Right. Um, but, but yeah. And so I, I think we're definitely getting the idea of here's the technology that eventually will create Darth Vader. Yeah. And I think you're very true. I think Echo is definitely supposed to be that. Yeah. Almost like more of a preverb than an Echo. Anyway, <laughs> uh... Well put. Well put. <laughs> um, yeah. Funny because I think when they, when they created the character of Echo, this was not what they, they had no idea I was going to go for this. Uh, anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't make me – I think I, I mentioned this a bit on an earlier episode, but I, I now – I want to find out how much of this was – like when did they come up with the idea to do these new episodes and what was the genesis behind it? Because mm. six seasons is kind of a weird place to end a TV show, normally at seven. And so part of me feels like this was what they already always intended to do. Mm-hmm. But season six definitely has a very like end point to the show. Yeah. Um but it also felt a little rushed. And so I kind of wonder, like, I wonder if this is all entirely new writing or if this was kind of what they always wanted the show to be, but they had to end it at six seasons. So they did kind of a rough end and then now got to go back and do it. Um, well, because they only aired five seasons, right? And then there were a bunch of episodes that were, like, partially made or were unreleased and then they got released on Netflix. Yeah. Like, a couple years after the show ended or sometime after the show ended. And then now, again, they're making more episodes. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder whether how much was either written or just kind of conceptualized, you know. Yeah, they, like, they storyboarded it maybe or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I, I'll admit, the thing you said about the other season being released, I, I'm a little still annoyed by because some people might wonder, like, why are we why are we doing these episodes, like, almost a month after the new ones came out? Um, yeah. And part of it's because when someone first told me, oh, yeah, did you hear that the new season has been released on Netflix? My first response was, oh, yeah, I saw that new, that new season actually came out a couple years ago. I've seen it. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. so I, I think the messaging or marketing on this has been terrible. Yeah. I mean, that said, I'm not particularly connected to, you know, the release of stuff coming out in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but that that message clearly. I mean, I have a friend who's super. I mean, I have several friends, who, but one who I talk to like daily who's super into Star Wars and was talking about it. And I was like, yeah, it's it's that one that was on Netflix. Right. He's like, oh, I'm not, I don't know. And I'm like. 
you don't know. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> That's a problem. Maybe well, he did know, and he said, but I don't know. But, like, somehow I didn't get the message. And I'm like, oh, there really are new episodes. There is some Disney content that I've really enjoyed. I don't think Disney is ruining Star Wars by any means. I've loved some of the, the Disney movies um, and TV shows. Mandalorian, Rogue One, Jedi, yeah. Last Jedi. Um, but But the way they've handled, like, the announcements of things and just... Having now gone back to Netflix to watch Shira, the user interface of Disney Plus is oh, so bad. I mean, I can barely like half the time I have to go back and then reload it, and then re- I mean, I like I don't even know what's going on with it. It yeah. I mean, I think they bought all their streaming software from MLB for like a billion dollars or something. But well, they got overcharged. The fact that they simply <laughs> don't have a like you know a list of the shows that you were were watching saved in your profile, so you can keep watching it is so annoying. Yeah, I, I mean, at least now it seems to remember what language I was watching a show in. Because <laughs> for a while helpful, it wasn't, but, <laughs> but still. Yeah. I, I will also say, having watched Star Trek Picard, which is a very good show, um, the Disney Plus user interface is quite bad. The CBS All Access one is decidedly worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Strong. Yeah. All right. Uh, any, any last things about this episode? Uh, no, that pretty much uh, were, was all the points that I had. Cool. Cool. Well, um... Paul, as always, thank you. To our listeners, thank you so much. You can uh, follow us uh, or uh, talk to us about the episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Star Wars Universe Podcast. Um, You can find us on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Gmail. Um, I think our exact names might be a little different there because I had to, uh, when I created them, some of them were taken. But the links to them will all be in the show notes. Um, Please, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you check out some of the other great podcasts by myself and some other great people on the um, Stranded Panda Podcast Network. Uh, Tune back in tomorrow for our next episode or, well, um... My partner's about to have surgery and we're responding as late, so I don't really, We're going to basically put out about an episode <laughs> a weekday. We'll see. We'll, we're going to play a little yeah, faster ish. with it. But <laughs> One a day-ish. <laughs> yeah. We're doing this pretty loose. Um, but I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know what you think and uh, have a great day. Bye.